Good morning and welcome to Simply Finance. It's Tuesday, January 30th. On today's show, Hong Kong's financial watchdog aims to raise the global appeal of the city's markets, and India is set to become the world's third largest economy by 2027 with a GDP of $5 trillion, according to the finance ministry. Plus, Bajaj Finance misses street estimates for Q3, but brokerages remain upbeat. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Finance. We start off with an update on Hong Kong's fund industry, which is showing signs of recovery despite macroeconomic challenges faced last year. The city's financial watchdog is now focusing on increasing the city's global competitiveness and strengthening its connections with other markets. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Celeste. So Celeste, how has the fund industry in Hong Kong been performing recently? Well, David, Hong Kong domiciled funds saw a 5% growth in assets under management in 2023, with net inflows increasing more than 200% year-on-year in the first three quarters to H54 billion dollars. This was revealed by Christina Choi, an executive director at the Securities and Futures Commission, during a roadshow held by the Association of the Luxembourg Fund Industry. What are the plans of the Securities and Futures Commission to enhance the competitiveness of Hong Kong's fund industry? The SFC is planning to take a fresh look at product approvals in Europe and is considering how to facilitate the launch of similar products in Hong Kong while maintaining investor protection. They are also keen on expanding mutual recognition and the connect schemes that allow cross-border trading with mainland China. Furthermore, they are looking to enhance ties with other markets, including the Middle East and other parts of Asia. And how significant is Hong Kong's asset management business in the region? As Asia's largest hedge fund hub and cross-border wealth management center, Hong Kong's asset management business is quite significant. It amounted to over $30.5 trillion as of the end of 2022, with 64% of the funding sourced from non-Hong Kong investors. The SFC had authorized 2,927 funds as of the end of September 2023. What about the Environmental, Social and Governance, or ESG, side of things? On the ESG front, the major focus for the fund industry will be to tackle potential greenwashing. Hong Kong has issued clear guidance on how regulators will allow retail funds to name and market themselves as ESG funds. The SFC is adopting a disclosure-based approach, asking fund managers for an annual assessment of how their ESG goals are attained and monitoring the disclosure. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. Now, shifting our focus to international finance, India's finance ministry has projected a growth rate of 7% or above for the fiscal year 2024 and another year of 7% growth in 2025. The country's chief economic advisor has set a higher goal for the nation, aiming to become a developed country by 2047. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Bella. Can you tell us more about these projections? Certainly, David. The finance ministry's projections suggest that India could become the world's third largest economy by 2027, with a gross domestic product of $5 trillion. The country's GDP currently stands at $3.7 trillion. If India meets this year's target, it will be the third straight year of 7% GDP growth. 
What are the key drivers behind India's growth, according to the chief economic advisor? The chief economic advisor, Vyanantha Nagaswaran, attributes the robustness seen in domestic demand to the reforms and measures implemented by the government over the last decade. He highlighted investment in both physical and digital infrastructure as key factors that have boosted the supply side and manufacturing. What about the upcoming interim budget? Can we expect any major changes? The interim budget to be presented by Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman is not likely to include any major changes to spending or tax policies. The union budget will only be released after the general election between April and May this year. And how does Goldman Sachs view India's economic prospects? Goldman Sachs has an even more optimistic view, predicting that India could become the world's second largest economy by 2075, surpassing not just Japan and Germany, but the U.S. as well. Currently, India is the world's fifth largest economy. What's the sentiment in the stock market given these growth prospects? India's stocks have had a positive start this year. The Nifty 50 index rose more than 20% in 2023 and breached 22,000 for the first time this month. This rally has been driven by optimism around India's growth prospects, higher liquidity, more domestic participation, and hopes of further policy continuity as India gears up for its general election. And what are investors expecting from the Reserve Bank of India? Investors are betting that the Reserve Bank of India will cut interest rates this year, most likely in the second half. This is expected to lift stock markets and spur higher spending in the economy. Thanks for the financial insights, Bella. Speaking of finance, let's turn our attention to Bahaj Finance's Q3 earnings for the quarter ending December 2023. Despite falling short of street estimates, brokerages remain optimistic about the stock. Even with higher loan losses and provisions during the quarter, the company's performance was within the guided range. Analysts believe that stable asset quality and strong AUM growth will drive future earnings. Here with more on this is our correspondent, Abby. Can you tell us more about Bahaj Finance's Q3 performance and the market's reaction to it? Certainly, David. In Q3 FY24, Bajaj Finance recorded a consolidated net profit of Rs. 3,639 crore, reflecting a 22% on-year growth. This was driven by an increase in net interest income and improvement in asset quality. However, this figure fell short of expectations from a money control poll of six brokerages, which had estimated a 25% year-on-year increase in net profit. Bajaj Finance's total net income also jumped 25% on-year to reach 9,298 crore in the October-December quarter, slightly missing the 26% YOY growth expectations. Despite these misses, brokerages seem to remain bullish on Bajaj Finance. Can you explain why? Yes. Brokerages like HSBC, Nomura, and Jefferies have all issued a buy call on Bajaj Finance. They believe that despite the slight hiccups in Q3, the company's performance was well within the guided range. They also see strong growth in assets under management and improved net interest margins as positive signs. However, they did note some areas of concern, such as a slight deterioration in asset quality and increased credit costs. What about the company's future plans? Are there any strategies in place to address these concerns? Bajaj Finance's managing director, Rajiv Jain, has affirmed his commitment to actively shaping the company's strategy. This includes addressing the challenges of slower loan growth and decreased fees. 
Additionally, the company may submit revised standards to the Reserve Bank of India in the fourth quarter regarding the embargo on EmiCard. And how has the stock been performing? On January 29th, Bajaj Finance shares closed 1.6% higher at P7,200 on the National Stock Exchange. However, the stock has risen over 19% in the last year, underperforming the benchmark Nifty 50, which has risen 23% during this period. Thanks for the insights, Abby. As we continue to explore financial landscapes, let's shift our focus to Japan, where Finance Minister Shunichi Suzuki has urged for the swift approval of the fiscal 2024 budget. This move is aimed at dealing with the country's recent inflation through increased pay hikes and providing comprehensive support to regions affected by the deadly New Year's Day earthquake. Our correspondent Michael is here to delve deeper into this. Can you tell us more about this budget and its significance? Certainly, David. The proposed budget for the fiscal year starting in April is $112.57 trillion, which is equivalent to $763 billion. This budget has been revised following the magnitude 7.6 earthquake that devastated the Noto Peninsula in Ishikawa Prefecture. Suzuki emphasized that the budget is crucial to address a series of issues that cannot be delayed any longer, as Japan stands at a historic turning point in achieving sustainable growth. And how does this budget plan to address the recent inflation and the aftermath of the earthquake? The budget aims to combat inflation through more robust pay hikes. As for the earthquake-hit areas, the government has doubled the amount of emergency funds in the budget to $1 trillion. This will be used for relief and reconstruction work in a seamless and flexible manner, according to Suzuki. What are the next steps for this budget? The budget now needs to be passed by Parliament. Suzuki has called for its swift passage to ensure that the necessary measures can be implemented as soon as possible to address the country's pressing issues. Thanks for those insights, Michael. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Finance. We'll see you back here tomorrow.